All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Paul. And today I'm joined by Brandon Milmum from Phantom Wallet, uh, who's the CEO and co-founder. Uh, Brandon, how are you doing today? Hey, Bryce. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing very good. Um, you know, we've got a little bit of uh, a little cloud cover here in San Diego. Things have been kind of wetter than normal. But you know, it's it's a uh, it's a good day to be a crypto holder uh, in light of everything going on in the world. Um, so yeah, we're we're really excited to learn about uh, the what you've been building at Phantom, um, a wallet that uh, you know I've used for Solana. I've interacted with a lot of DApps through it. And it's got a really clean interface. Um, you guys take security you know extremely seriously, and you've got a great uh, communications team um, whenever there is. You know, craziness that goes on in the Solana ecosystem. You guys are always out there giving you know great coverage, and um, so yeah, great actors in the ecosystem. And we're excited to hear the, the founding story and, and what builds, uh, what drives you as builders. Um, so with that, yeah, I would love to just hear a little bit about your background and, and how you found yourself um, starting like a, a crypto wallet. Like, how does somebody just come into that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, thanks for all the kind words about um, Phantom and um, yeah, everything that we we do, you know, beyond the the walls of the application um, yeah. in areas like communication and whatnot. Um, yeah, we've really um, through the past couple of years sort of acted as almost the front end of the Solana network itself. Um, That's literally how I think of you guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you, you guys and, are the MetaMask. I mean, if, I don't know if that's a crude analogy, but you're the MetaMask mm-hmm. of Solana, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say that's you know that's a fair comparison, <laughs> and uh, you know with that responsibility or with that position comes a lot of responsibilities, um, including like acting as like first line of defense for uh, any kind of issues or uh, communicating problems going on. Um, and so, yeah, I think you know just. Thanks for the kind of words. There's definitely something that we we take and uh, act on very deliberately. So yeah, you could tell that you guys you definitely you know you guys pride yourself on on you know your involvement with the community and your guys' Twitter. Whoever's leading that, I don't know if it's you or if you got somebody for that, but whoever is uh, listening right now should go follow the um, the Phantom Wallet Twitter because they're they're pretty active. And this is where I get all my my updates from. And I know you guys got active Discord and all that kind of stuff too. So amongst the hustle bustle of our busy lives, my wife and I are always on the lookout for ways to streamline our daily routines without compromising on the quality of our meals. And that's where Factor comes into play, perfectly aligning with our desire to save time amidst our hectic work schedule. Now, Factor's array of delicious, ready-to-eat meals, expertly prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, simplifies eating well every single day. And with over 35 weekly options catering to various dietary preferences like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, you know, factor ensures we're well equipped for the week ahead and the convenience of having nutrition packed meals and over 55 add-ons delivered directly to our door transforms weekly meal planning into a delightful experience. And, and guys, real quick, factor has a two minute meal as well, many of them. And it offers us the luxury of enjoying restaurant quality food in the comfort of our own home, ready to heat and eat at our convenience. The broad selection extends beyond meals to include snacks, smoothies, and everything else, right? Covering all of our little hankerings and cravings throughout the day. Now, look, the service's cost effectiveness when compared to takeout 
paired with the assurance of nutritious and delicious options is what makes Factor a no-brainer for me and my wife. Um, and it should be a no-brainer for you too. Now, what truly sets Factor apart is its flexibility, meaning the option to choose between 16 to 18 meals per week, along with the ability to pause or reschedule deliveries, ensuring that the service adapts to our ever-changing schedules and not the other way around. We're in charge, right? The no prep, the no mess meals, uh, guys, it's just been a game changer for us. And now we're able to focus on what matters most, building our relationship together without the hassle of meal prep and cleanup. So if you're ready to embrace a week filled with effortless feel-good meals, then visit factormeals.com slash crypto10150 and use the code crypto10150 for an incredible 50% off your first order. Don't miss out on this opportunity to elevate your meal time with Factor's fast, upscale, and easy dining solutions. Again, that's crypto10150, that's the code, at factormeals.com slash crypto10150 and claim your 50% off discount today. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, so... So tell us about, yeah, how you kind of decided, like, you know, I'm going to start a crypto wallet. The world needs what I'm building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got my start uh, in crypto back in 2017, uh, which was sort of the the height of the last, uh, you know, bull run or uh, like kind of like hype cycle. Mm -hmm. Back in 2017, there's a lot of white papers, ICOs, uh, Ethereum was first coming onto the scene uh, in a big way back then. Um, prior to that, I spent a little over four years uh, working as a software engineer uh, at Twitter, actually. Oh, um, sweet. So did sort of my, you know, Silicon Valley tour of duty there, uh, so to speak. Um, wanted to dive into something completely different. And then I uh, started working uh, in the crypto industry in 2017 uh, at this small startup called Zero X, which is still around. They uh, They're matcha on... now, kind of, right? Or... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, I used to work on the back end of Matcha, which is a, a, a product called Zero X API, which is a, a swapping uh, API that helps aggregate uh, decentralized exchanges on EVM networks. Um, and yeah, basically spent a number of years uh, doing a deep dive there. Um, I have two other co-founders. We all uh, met each other and worked with one another at ZeroX. Um, one of my co-founders, Chris, he was the general manager of the Matcha project uh, mm. and was responsible for sort of bringing it to market uh, initially. And so while we were while we were doing that from 2017 to uh, 2020 or so, beginning of 2021, uh, we basically became power users of MetaMask, uh, both from a user perspective but also from a developer perspective. And yeah, we felt like there was a number of uh, you know different things that the wallet layer could be doing to really help kind of got greased the wheels through the entire ecosystem and just help unlock growth for everyone. Uh, and if you think about it, the wallet really is um, in the way that in kind of like 2017 and prior, uh, uh, like uh, exchanges like Coinbase and others are act, really acted as like the first touch point or on-ramp for, for users. In the current iteration of crypto where a lot of people are 
trying to use applications like Uniswap and OpenSea or Magic Eden as, as sort of their first forays into crypto, wallets are kind of increasingly acting as that first touch point, or like yeah. top of the funnel for the ecosystem. And yeah, we really felt that um, the current wallet space was really um, kind of not really uh, doing the best it could to make sure that the top of the funnel at first touch point was the best possible. And so, um, yeah, while we're back at zero X, uh, we felt like, Hey, no better way to kind of like leverage our skill sets and help grow the entire ecosystem than to work on, on the wallet space. Um, and we also felt like, uh, working in Ethereum for a while that it was pretty clear that the space needed to make a number of uh, big strides in scalability and usability of, of uh, the underlying blockchain platforms mm-hmm. and that it was very likely going to be, uh, we're very likely entering an era of experimentation um, and yeah, just general, um, yeah, I think it's also important to to note that you guys were like really early on the Solana dev train. You guys didn't like Pico top, you know, launch your product when Solana was $300. Like you guys were like the core infrastructure that like led to and like enabled the run up of Solana DeFi. Like, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In, in part. Cool. Yeah. So we, we made that call probably pretty early on at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. Yeah, uh, to to choose Solana as our horse. And Do you remember like the the earliest kind of prices that you were like remember like oh like we launched it like around one dollar per Solana or anything like that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the. I think I remember you know, Sam's we, in, infamous. Uh, you know, I'll buy all the Solana you want at three dollars and then fuck yeah. off. I think that was like January twenty one or something. <laughs> yeah, I think the first time we were really looking at it was like that the end of twenty twenty where it was like around like two dollars or something like yeah, that that's pretty crazy you guys yeah, uh, crazy. Saw, had a lot of conviction <laughs> different times yeah we had a lot of conviction for a number of different reasons um but really we felt like the network and the wallet are very have a very symbiotic relationship and actually um can really help the wallet can really help um spur growth in the ecosystem and vice versa and so yeah we really wanted to choose uh, a network and a team and community um, where we could really help work together with them to to grow the community. So that's how we got started. Yes. So it's really fascinating just how you guys came to the conclusion that Solana was um, really the, the architecture that you wanted to build on. Um, Ethereum was plagued by a lot of these scaling issues. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons that I, I think, you know, wallets are are so cool is because to me they're the place where the user actually interacts with the blockchain. It's it's kind of like the web browser of the internet. Um, like the internet's like all this data and stuff, but like it's really undecipherable unless you could have a user interface to like interpret it. And I think that's what you know um, wallets do. It's like it takes your private keys and it signs the public keys and like it does all this really boring stuff. But it, it's like you know the core infrastructure. And so making that as usable and friendly and like the experience there like is similar to you know how the web browsers kind of developed would you say that's kind of like a fair analogy yeah that that's right i'd say that's right um and sim- similarly to the early internet we're still very much in the early innings of 
blockchain ecosystems and technologies. And um, yeah, there's a lot to be figured out still. Yeah. And, and and when you kind of like look at your competition in the Solana space, um, like where do you like where do you typically compete with people? Is it on fees? Is it on you know user experience? Like where's the competition um, that you kind of see, see in the market for wallets? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, in general, across many ecosystems, I'd say the competition has been primarily on user experience and <clears throat> providing access to applications that people want to use. And so you typically see different wallets spinning up for different ecosystems. So you'll have a wallet that's specifically for the Cosmos ecosystem and goes really, really deep there. Um, wallets for Solana, uh, wallets for Polkadot, et cetera. Uh, and so, yeah, I'd say predominantly, predominantly wallets are competing on user experience, but also access to different ecosystems. Nice. And, and would you say that, you know, your kind of laser focus on Solana um, and, and just kind of being focused only there in the early days, and, and I think maybe even still to this day, I'll, I'll have to check in on that, but was that really what attributed like that first million users? Because you guys got a million users like super, super quick. Like you guys growth hacked it somehow. And I'm just curious about that story. Hmm. Well, yeah, like I was saying earlier, I'd say um, the relationship between the wallet and the ecosystem is very symbiotic. And both of them need to be in place in order for the ecosystem to really grow. And mm -hmm. yeah, like, like you said, um, you know, the wallets are sort of like the new browsers of the internet. And they, the wallets are actually the point where users and developers actually meet, um, you know, um, very concretely and users and developers make up the two most core parts of an ecosystem. And if you can make sure that the interaction between developers and users is as smooth and as frictionless as possible, you can really unlock growth for the entire ecosystem. And so, um, basically we, yeah, we got the first million users very quickly by just making sure that we were basically enabling a safe and easy to use experience for NFTs specifically on Solana. Mm. And that's really what um, was sort of the initial growth wave that we, we both rode and, and helped enable in late 2021. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc yeah kind of you know dovetailing off that point do you guys see more activity 
with NFTs through your wallet or with like other DeFi tokens and just like pure transactions? Mm, yeah, and NFT is 100%. I'd say wow. that's probably true of the entire market currently is vast majority of activity um, just from a transactional vault, like a number of transactions, a number of users standpoint um, is, is NFT related. Uh, maybe from a DeFi standpoint, um, the actual like volumes are larger. You may have more millions of dollars a day uh, transacted through DeFi rails than by mm-hmm. NFT rails. But from a from a number of transact like uh, absolute number of transactions and users, it's definitely dominated by NFTs, both in Solana yeah. and I'd say in the broader market. That makes sense. W- what's the appeal of NFTs um, in your mind? I mean, I know. Everybody's got their own case for them. Do you do you have any thesis on NFTs? Are you you a bull, a bear? Mm. Yeah, no, definitely bullish on NFTs. Um, I'd say you know at the core, NFTs are um, they are a very unopinionated building block that developers can use to create a number of different experiences, and from that, uh, like programmability. Um, a number of interesting use cases have emerged so far. Um, so one is obviously the, the profile pictures phenomenon. Um, I think that was, it's super interesting and it, it actually makes a lot of sense to me in a world where basically our lives are becoming more and more digital and in, increasingly online. We're increasingly living a larger percentage of our lives in the internet or quote unquote metaverse or whatever you want to call it, it makes sense to have a digital asset that has scarcity and has, um, yeah, some, some sort of ability to, to prove it's like prominence and things like that uh, in a digital format. Whereas typically people would have done that with things like designer bags or watches or whatnot in, in real life. Um, so yeah, really bullish on on profile pictures and what it means for basically like luxury goods and sort of like signaling and things like that in a in a digital sphere. Um, and so yeah, I think that use case, honestly, it, although it feels like sometimes it's over overdone and overplayed, I think it definitely has like long stand, standing legs. Yeah, they they say the the next big thing often looks like a toy. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. And like, that's kind of, you know, you know, everybody's fading these NFTs because it just looks like a toy. But, you know, people oftentimes now spend more of their waking hours online as a digital persona or they're, mm-hmm. you know, identifying with their their digital self mm-hmm. as opposed to like really their their physical self. And, you know, we had um, all, all sorts of different you know books and science fiction and stuff that has talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Ready Player One, Snow Crash, like mm-hmm. a bunch of this stuff that is very... Um, foretelling for for kind of where we're at and where we're headed. Um, so I think, yeah, NFT profile pictures, although I don't really have one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't found a community that I identify with. But, you know, I got a lot of friends in the ecosystem that are trying to sway me one way or another. Um, do you have any like ecosystems or uh, communities that you think are are interesting or they've done something different? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, I'm definitely very partial to Azuki's. I I have an Azuki profile picture. Um, I mentioned my time at Zero X. The founder of Azuki is is a longtime friend of mine. 
uh, and coworker at, at Xerox as well. And cool. yeah, I love that they're basically going very deep into like the basically the luxury brand angle of it, which I think makes a lot of sense uh, for the format. Um, and then they're doing a lot of really cool things with bridging the gap between physical items and NFTs. So uh, they did sort of like a, this really cool um, like hoodie drop that where the hoodie actually has like an NFC patch that you can, you can like scan and get like virtual representation of the hoodie. And on their cool. website, you could actually combine your Azuki and digital hoodie and change actually wear it on your profile picture and then make it your avatar. Um, nice. so, yeah, I think there's a lot of really interesting crossover there. Yeah. And in, in, in the phantom wallet, are you kind of developing like, you know, if we take a look at your roadmap and like, you know, how you guys are looking to cater to customers, did you guys, you know, plan to develop a bunch of NFT functionality and customization ability in there? Or, or what's that look like? Yeah, totally. So yeah, definitely. NFT being the best wallet for NFTs and NFT power users is definitely where we think uh, one of our strengths lies and definitely an area that we want to keep pushing the envelope. And so, um, yeah, right now we actually do have quite a bit of uh, really awesome NFT functionality for users. So, I mean, first of all, you can see your NFTs, which is uh, feels funny to say that as a differentiator, but not all wallets out there have even the ability to view your NFTs. So we make sure that you can view your NFTs uh, in a very fast and easy way. And that's actually not always an easy thing to do, um, delivering images and videos and everything quickly. Um, and then on top of that, we have a lot of customization things. You can um, give yourself a profile picture in the wallet to help identify different accounts based on your NFTs. Um, you can quickly search through your NFTs, um, pin them to your top of your collection to sort of like curate your, what your portfolio looks like. Um, and then on top of that, we also have, we're also doing deeper integrations with, uh, external marketplaces. So instead of having to leave the wallet and interact with a site like Magic Eden, you can actually sell your NFTs directly onto that platform from within the wallet. And we're going to we're going to be doing a lot more there in terms of like bringing those like kind of like primary actions into the wallet. And then um, another big area where we spent a lot of time is actually um, working on the problem of NFT spam. And NFT spam is actually a huge issue, um, especially in lower fee environments like Solana, Polygon, etc. Basically, you can think about your your wallet as an email inbox um, where yeah. anyone can permissionlessly send you things to your wallet. And, uh, you know, it's that permissionless nature that makes it so amazing, but it also is a vector, attack vector for, for scamming and spamming. So you often see these NFTs come to your wallet that are basically designed to co designed to coerce you into a scam where either the, the image has some instructions on it or the description has some instructions. It's meant to take you to a website. The website then tries to basically shake you down for crypto or whatnot. Uh, and so we've done a lot of work, again, bringing it back to the email analogy, creating sort of spam filters, reporting systems mm -hmm. and things like that to make sure that 
you know, your wallet is as free of those attacks. Yeah, I, I think that right there, you know, I want to encourage you guys just as a community member, um, you know, who, who looks at a lot of this NFT stuff going on. And I just see day after day, somebody clicking a phishing link and they're saying, oh, my whole wallet got drained. It's like, what the fuck? Like, that's actually pretty nuts. You know, there's like all these people that are clicking these links that they're signing these transactions that aren't human readable. They're just hex code and stuff. Yeah. And so they sign a transaction and then they didn't even know that that meant that, you know, they give control of their keys up to whoever they just signed it to. And, you know, so these scam artists are getting so good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's now kind of like you said, it's it's the onus is on the the developers and the wall. You guys are the experts. You guys know the scams. You guys see them coming. Um, you guys have the ability mm-hmm. um, to, you know, do these spam prevention methods. And like, back, like you mentioned, spam mail used to be a horrible experience. Like people would not use, you know, mail.com or email.com because there was no, you know, spam filters and everybody loved Gmail because it was so good. Um, and with AI and with technology and stuff that was going on in the back end in the early days, you were able to actually get rid of spam. So they gain market share. So I, I, you know, to your point, the first wallet that gives people this spam filter very clearly human readable instructions and actions on every signature. I mean, that's going to be what what puts people over the edge for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So we've definitely invested in, in both of those areas, um, both spam prevention, scam prevention, and um, human readable transactions. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, basically crypto and Web3 has a humongous retention problem right now. Everyone, everyone talks about trying... How are we going to like stuff the next billion users in here? And when I think about growth of an ecosystem, it's not not only the number of new users you can bring in, but also the the number of users that you can retain. And yeah, I mean, I think that you often don't really hear about all these cases of people getting scammed and things like that. They're often too embarrassed um, to actually report anything or whatever. And then they end up just, just leaving and you only really hear about like these high profile hacks, which is honestly not, they're, they're obviously a huge problem and all that, but there's, there's so many, so many smaller people who are, who are just, you know, not saying anything and just leaving. And so, um, yeah, yeah safety, spam prevention, that's something that we're, is a, is a huge thing that we're working on. Yeah. It's like people come into crypto, you know, fully understanding the volatility Mm -hmm. and like that nature, but not necessarily like the fact that like, Oh, I might just one day click a bad link and lose all my money. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so fixing that, uh, is definitely, like you said, going to help the retention. And one other thing I think is going to help the retention is something that you guys are working towards, which is cross chain compatibility. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I actually mentioned in the podcast earlier, I was under the perception that it was Solana only, but I, I then realized quickly, um, just the very first thing in your guys' site says, you know, we, we just launched our Solana or our uh, Ethereum and our Polygon network. And, and so I think, you know, multi-chain is definitely going to be the future, but making it feel like it's not multi-chain, like making that a unified experience. And so what was your guys' kind of, um, you know, thought process behind going multi-chain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically the way I view our mandate is to help make, Web3 and crypto as safe and easy to use as possible. Mm -hmm. And the fact is that people, they love to use applications, a number of different applications across a number of different networks. Um, Not only is there Uniswap and OpenSea on the Ethereum side, 
There's also sites like Magic Eden, Tensor, Jupiter, et cetera, on the Solana side that people love to use. And there's a lot of very common elements between using applications on both those networks. A lot of lessons that we've learned around spam and scam prevention on Solana that can be brought to Ethereum and that wallets on the Ethereum side are, are not doing. And so, yeah, basically, and I, and I think that it is possible to have an, a unified experience where you can dynamically use any of these sites without even really having to think about how they're implemented from a technical perspective. Um, and so, yeah, that was the idea there. It's just, yeah, help bring a lot of, you know, a lot of lessons that we've learned from the Solana side over to the Ethereum side and also give people who are using Uniswap and OpenSea an equivalent, equivalently safe and easy to use experience. Yeah, awesome. Uh, does um, does Phantom support Bitcoin or, or Lightning? Not at the moment, but it's actually something that we are actively looking at as well. Um, cool. A lot of Bitcoin fans internally on the team as well. I think one thing there is that um, Bitcoin and Lightning does not have as well of a developed sort of like DAP or like Web3 app ecosystem. Yeah, like there's nothing built on it. <laughs> yeah. And so our our strengths are are in specifically that kind of like those types of interactions and mm-hmm. NFTs specifically. So when we think about playing to our strengths, we think about different ecosystems that have those types of um, things. Maybe the whole ordinal craze. You never know. Yeah, that's true. That's something we're keeping an eye on as well. But, you know, it's definitely the whole game of being in crypto is is all about separating signal from noise and like, yeah. n- like having a number of convicted bets that you are um, staying the course in versus like jumping from trend to trend. So we're trying to figure that's part of the game that we're playing too. And we're just trying to figure that out. But to your original question, yeah, Bitcoin lightning, definitely super interesting uh, and something we're keeping an eye on. Awesome. And then kind of like rounding out the conversation, I just wanted to ask, um, just like over the course of 2022, obviously we had um, a series of like really, it was a bad year. Like most coins were down 70, 80%. Most users packed it up. Um, we had like two of the largest scale liquidation events in, in crypto history with Luna Terra going down and then FTX going down. Um, and there was a lot of fallout. It was a really ugly time. And so, you know, we got lots of founders and CEOs that come on the show. And I always like to just kind of ask them or get their sense of, you know, what was going on in your mind during, you know, know, the FTX crisis and like, how are you guys navigating it? And did you notice like any of your, um, your usage statistics were, you know, anomalous or anything during that period? Mm, Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Honestly, it's, it's frankly very embarrassing. Um, And... Yeah, it just, I think it, it, it feels me to help build crypto back better um, mm-hmm. and yeah, do our part to really help like repair the reputation and show people, you know, what crypto can really be used for. And some of that, some of that original uh, vision behind Bitcoin white paper and things like that, which are also has also become more and more relevant with um, the situations going on in like the normal financial uh, ecosystem. And so um, in terms of activity, um, interestingly, 
So Solana was very close to the blast radius of FTX. Um, mm-hmm. And and that ecosystem, interestingly, we've definitely seen Solana like come back very strong. I think there's a bit of a lull at the end of last year, which coincided with both FTX, but also holidays and things like that. Um, but yeah, actually really pleased at how Solana specifically has been able to bounce back um, this year. Uh, also kind of off the back of um, continuing NFT trends and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, Solana and Solana and Ethereum, I think, remain both very healthy. Um, yeah, from like a developer and usage uh, kind of metric. Yeah, from a developer. And there's actually um, A16Z came out with a very interesting report, which I'd, I'd suggest you check out called like the A16Z Crypto in- Index or the State of Crypto Index, I think it's called. And basically, it's, it's like a it's like a, a, a interactive website with a bunch of different dashboards that they're they're um, updating. Uh, I think on a monthly or weekly basis that just shows like the continuing rise in activity of crypto, both from a user perspective but also developer perspective. Looking at a number of different metrics like GitHub activity and things like that, which are like leading indicators for for healthy ecosystems. Um, so yeah, really pleased at how everything has bounced back, but I think also found a renewed sense of focus around trying to make sure that we're building crypto back in a better way. Yeah. No, th- I just checked out this site. Um, yeah. A16Z crypto.com slash state of crypto. That's a great shout out. That is something that I have not seen yet. And it looks like they got a lot of great data. So yeah. appreciate that share. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, th- Brandon, this was a killer conversation. I, I hope we could have you guys back on again here soon. Um, one, one last question that I like to ask uh, every person that comes on the show just to you know, help us uh, you know, maybe see who the next hot thing is going to be or whatever. But you know, is there one um, other company out there that you, you know, maybe not invested in or not like affiliated with, but that you look at and you admire and you think you know, they're going to do something big. They're you know, going to be a big part of the ecosystem. They're driving our space forward. Um, you know, any shout outs? Yeah. Yeah, definitely a couple of cool ones. So I'd say shout out to Helium. So Helium um, yeah, they're cool. is sort of this like IoT uh, decentralized wireless network that is supposed to be um, a challenger to traditional mobile carriers like Verizon, uh, AT&T, et cetera. Uh, I think they're doing some really cool stuff that's really pushing the boundaries between um you know, digital and physical worlds. And so that's really awesome. They also are um, a big launch partner with Solana Mobile. I think the Solana Mobile phone is also a really cool, um, interesting initiative. Um, and the reason why I think it's an interesting initiative is that um, not that I think, I don't, I, to be clear, I don't think Solana Mobile is going to be a, a commercial success. And if you look, look at it under that lens it's going to easy to write it off but solana mobile is really and this is one of the things why we got attracted to the solana team and solana ecosystem uh in the first place it's basically this show by doing and not just telling mentality where it's like hey crypto on on mobile can be so much better and so much easier to use let's stop just talking about it and theory crafting about it and actually put something in people's hands and you experience it. And then that 
moment can actually be used to then um, help push other like mobile phone carriers in the right direction. And so really excited for, for Solana Mobile and all, and all that uh, is going to come from that. No, those are some awesome shout outs. And I actually just um, just interviewed Emmett Hollier from Solana mm-hmm. Mobile. I think the, the phone that they're developing is called the Saga. Yeah. And they're you know, rolling it out, you know, so it's cool. He seemed really excited, you know, an ex-Google Pixel guy and yeah. um, really smart. So I think they got the right team over there to make make some big moves. Um, Brandon, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to the Crypto 101 podcast. And like I said, I hope we have you back on again when there's some more cool updates with Phantom Wallet. Awesome. Thank you, Bryce. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.